0: Disclaimer. Please do not email us about the historical inaccuracies we are sure to make. We are not historians. We are idiots.
1: Hello! And welcome to Anachronismo. Anachronismo! I'm
0: Jackie. I'm Max. I'm Noel.
1: And today we're going to be hearing about the origins of Paris's catacombs.
0: The life and times of
2: Charles Fort, the namesake of the Fortean times. And Bombsay, the Royal Norwegian Navy Sailor. Uh, what, what, is there
0: anything special about Bombsay? Ooh,
2: man... He got Once he got all four paws on the deck, the true madness came about. So he was a dog. He was, he a, was a dog.
1: A mad dog. He was a
0: mad
2: dog. <laughs> so there's a rabbit dog on a Norwegian ship. I was using more of the colloquial, like, modern-day oh, mad. Like, oh, he was a mad dog. Yeah.
0: Yo. You know, I'm hip with the kids. Yeah. I, I know what is up. How's it going to feel cutting all that? <laughs> uh, it's going to hurt like my soul a good amount. Uh, but
2: I'll make Ooh. it real. I think and, Max has been reaching out for help now
0: for a while. And, uh... every, every podcast is like a message in a bottle I just cast out onto the World Wide Web. After
1: curating it for hours and hours. <laughs> I,
0: and I spend so much time editing these podcasts. And, and also marketing them on social media.
1: Well, I mean, if I was going to send out a message in a bottle, I would want to spend a lot of time making sure that message was perfectly crafted so I could be rescued. I assume this is for a rescue. (laughs) Instead of just putting my thoughts into the ocean. Or
0: just for attention.
1: Oh.
2: So you're one of those message-in-a-bottle
1: people. (laughs) So Paris is a... (laughs) (laughs)
2: Um,
1: by the 11th century in Paris, um... There was a cemetery called Saints Innocents that was full to bursting. It was very full of dead bodies. Um, uh, The source that I read, quote, said, close to overflowing. (laughs) 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 Um, So to make room for more dead bodies, they dug up all the old dead people and shoved their bones into the walls of different crypts and mausoleums. Um, And then, you know, put new dead people in the spots that they had pulled open. Um,
2: Now, was the assumption here that these new dead bodies were, like, renters and they were eventually also going to be pushed into the walls?
1: I don't think so. I don't know.
2: (laughs) It doesn't seem like they'd take a lot of moves to solve the long-term problem that people would keep dying.
1: Yeah, and it was it was getting to be a really big problem because in the 14, uh, in the 1400s, there was a plague and 50,000 people died in five weeks and they were all put into this already filled to overflowing cemetery. Sounds like
0: they were nuts to butts or bones to stones.
1: Yeah, so it was getting to be a really big public health problem. Um, and by the end of the 18th century, the whole cemetery was a two-meter-tall mound of dirt.
2: Yeah, that is literally overflowing. <laughs> like, yeah,
1: um, so it was gross.
2: That's like a Shaquille
0: O'Neal of bones.
1: Yeah, I think he's taller than that.
0: Two meters is, oh yeah. two meters is a little more than a yard, I I could be wrong mm. bro. It it? It's like a knoll of grapes. Yeah, it's like yeah. a knoll of,
1: of bones. A, bone oh, knoll. a oh. knoll with a K.
0: Um, oh, a knoll
2: of a bones. A knoll
1: of bones. As tall as a knoll. <laughs> um, anyway, so there were a lot of bodies. Um, things were starting to get stinky. It was literally overflowing. Bodies were coming up out of the ground. Um, and it was particularly rainy. And the walls of the cemetery kind of collapsed. And the pressure of all the bodies in the cemetery broke through the basement of a neighboring building.
2: So there was just a bone storm through the wall of another building? And like body a wave and
1: putrefying mess. Like just just sh-
2: imagining, like, <laughs> you see that wall start to collapse and you see a bunch of dudes with surfboards run towards it and are just riding this wave of bodies <laughs> over and there's, like, a bunch of skeletons, like, poking their arms out and most of them wearing sunglasses because
0: they're like, they're cool skeletons. Hang this ten on a skeleton. Yeah. This <laughs> sounds cool. It sounds great. I'd want to be um, there.
1: Well, as you as guys are ten. As you guys aren't imagining, this was a public health crisis, sure, sure, as, sure you know...
2: The man always trying to keep the free spirit down. It was too cool for the normies. <laughs> well, there are parties everywhere in this street. This skeleton stole my girlfriend, because she's so cool. I would name this period in Paris, Party at Skeleton Beach. Skeleton Beach 2, Bone Boogaloo.
1: Yep, And it was poisoning the (laughs) groundwater, um, and people were getting sick from, you know, bodies in their drinking water. Totally sick! Sick! Yep.
2: Hey, you can't drink (gasps) ocean water either. Every surfer knows that.
1: Um, So at at the same time they're having this public health crisis, (laughs) they're also having a public safety crisis. Because back in the 11th century... Old Parisians dug through limestone mines to try and get stones. So they dug like 200 miles of mines, basically. Um, and then as the city expanded from the 11th century to where we are now in the 18, late 1800s, the city just kept growing and growing. And, you know, everyone's dead from the 11th century. No one remembered there were limestone mines underneath the ground. And buildings just start collapsing.
0: Sunk, sinking back into the earth from Back in- which they came.
1: But then you have two great problems. The world is sinking into your underground holes, and you've got so many bodies. What do you do with them?
2: You're trapped from above and below.
0: I'm seeing a Reese's Cups uh, situation here. You got, you got your bones in my holes. You got your holes in my bones. Yeah. When Mr. Reese's takes a big old bite out of that
2: bone hole. <laughs> 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 He's like, that's a great taste. I can market this. There's no wrong way to eat a
0: Reese's. Hey, Mr. Undertaker, you know that hip-new sound you've been looking for? Yeah. Well, listen to this. (laughs) That's right. That's a bunch of bones going (laughs) in holes.
1: So somehow, in in the bureaucracy of Paris, the same man, police prefect lieutenant general André Lenoir... Um, We'd probably get a few
0: more titles in there
1: I skipped one because it didn't make sense As I was reading it, it. <laughs> Police Prefect, Police Lieutenant General <laughs> Alexander Police Lenore. Prefect,
0: Police Lieutenant General mm-hmm. Okay, okay
1: um, So he happened to be in charge of both Problems, somehow <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean with that many Titles, it's probably just all under One of their jurisdictions You know after he does gets done uh, Administering tests Uh, for other police captains.
1: He was in the mine inspection service, and...
0: Oh, he was in the bone zone.
1: In the the (laughs) bone zone. Yeah, so, you know, he had that great idea of combining your problems to make no problems. So, over the course of 12 years in the cover of night, they transferred all of the bodies from the Innocence Cemetery, um, which were two million in total from this one cemetery.
2: How big was the cemetery?
1: I tried to find dimensions and I couldn't, but I looked at a map and it didn't seem very large. It was kind of like a, a churchyard.
0: I might be to do it under cover of
1: night. Because it was disrespectful to do it during the day. <laughs> Yeah, they weren't doing it secretly. They were just doing it at night.
2: They were doing uh, it openly, but under uh, cover of darkness. Yeah,
1: yeah they...
0: would like, take a, an arm and, like, wave at somebody who saw them and pull down the skeleton's shaves using that skeleton's
2: arm. Was, you didn't see nothing. See these, like, poking them in the chest with <laughs> a skeleton arm.
1: It was more a parade. Oh. Uh, they loaded the bodies in wagons, <laughs> and then they covered the wagons with black cloth, and then they had singing and chanting priests walking... Down the road from the cemetery to the, the limestone tunnels. Sounds like a dance macabre. Yeah, yeah. It's everything's macabre in this in this story. So the place where they ended up putting the bodies became known as the catacombs. Um, and the catacombs themselves are only about one point one miles of the two hundred miles of the limestone mines. Um, but the first iteration of the catacombs. It was just a a bone repository. It was literally just piles of bones, no organization. Oh like, they just, like, dumped them in. <laughs> just pour them in, basically. Big dump
0: truck full of bones. Big
2: grab uh, bag full of bones. Down in the bone hole. They
1: actually built a well and then uh, used that to bring everything down.
0: Buckets full of bones.
1: Buckets full of bones going into the ground.
0: Oh, Did they do it, like, corpse by corpse, or, like, Bunch of arms, bunch
1: of skulls. That I am not sure. Because um, if you've ever seen pictures of the catacombs today, it's mostly skulls and femurs, and who knows what they did with everything else. Uh, so a few years after they put all of these bodies into the limestone mines, um, a man named Louise, well, it's with my horrible pronunciation, but it's louis etienne francois Heracart ferrand vicomte de Thury. Mm. Mm-hmm. That is
2: a long,
0: beautiful French name.
1: Yeah, he was a French politician who was like, we should maybe, you know, improve this pile of bones underground.
0: <laughs> Let's I'm, make it I am all for the civic improvement of our giant pile of bones.
1: <laughs> Let us make it a place where people bring their families. And
2: that's a picnic. Oh, the bones on. But they put the skulls and femurs in there. I have an idea for the rest.
1: <laughs> so, the Innocence wasn't the only cemetery that the bones came from. So, in total, there were bones from six million bodies. Uh, six million—that is a lot of dead people.
2: So wait, so in the catacombs? Yeah. So, how many? So, there were two millions. Two million in the cemetery when they excavated it. Mm-hmm. They probably took the majority of them out, and then they had an extra form that they just start loading it from all other. Yeah, they
1: there. took it from all other cemeteries yeah. because overloaded cemeteries was not unique to the Innocent Cemetery. That was just the worst one that had you know the bone avalanche.
0: Um, <laughs> so... Greatest
2: word ever. <laughs>
0: oh, that's
2: name like of my new death metal band. <laughs> oh, god, <no>, that <they're> shit. <laughs> I tried
1: to do something, didn't work. <laughs> and uh, the king made a a decree that no more people could be buried in Paris, so they had to be put in the catacombs instead, mm-hmm. instead of being put in the ground in
2: cemeteries. Some rough
1: luck. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so actually, during the French Revolution, people were just straight up buried in there. They didn't go to the ground first. They just <laughs> went. Just loaded there... up a
0: cannon full of bones and shot them into the catacombs.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Mr. Louis Etienne François Hercard Ferrand, Vicomte de Thury, he um he really made it kind of whimsical in the catacombs. If you've ever seen the pictures, um if you've never seen the pictures, you really should look them up because they are they're so creepy and morbid. Um and this just like entire walls made of just the like bulbous end of a femur just all stacked up together with like a row of heads. Kind of like when you see um, a wallpapered room and it's got that one stripe Mm -hmm. down the side. So, like, but those are skulls. Yeah. And the the rest are femurs.
0: So it was, like, Um,
2: artistically, like, kind of artistically done.
1: It was artistic. Um, Parts of it have a series of skulls in the shape of a heart. Uh There are stick figure men made out of skulls.
2: Um. <laughs> Imagine if they did that hard thing and they put two people's initials in their skulls as well. K S and whatever that guy's name, like L V B F. Uh
0: I've I've been working so hard on this uh, bone beautification project. I, but today it is uh, take your uh, your children to work day, and I need to give them some rooms to work on. Uh, go make some stick figures, Jean Paul. Eh, uh, uh, Mawi, I don't you draw those arts you love so much. Here are some skulls oh no don't just make them kiss I want to see work
1: (laughs) yeah so and then he also found his favorite quotes about death and like just put them on plaques around the catacombs um some of them are think that every day will be your last uh whichever way you turn death will be waiting for you stop this is the empire of death where is death always future or past hardly is she present than already gone
2: um Kind of a glass-half-full kind of guy, huh?
1: It is.
2: Death. Death everywhere. Everywhere. I am death. You are death. We're all death. Death. 50% off. Death. Two for one. Death. Death everywhere. But not a bone to stew. Thank you. <laughs> the guy was a magician. He's like... <laughs> they have all those piles of bones and, like, the, uh... Before the bone balance. He's like, Now you can't see them! Now you know! <laughs> oh.
1: So, the catacombs were a really popular place to visit, um, both when they were first made and today. You can take tours of them, um, but there are sections that are off limits. And people called cataphiles sneak into the off limits parts of the catacombs. The danger bones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the danger bones. Um, and got in with
0: the bones. <laughs> Oh. Sunday, Monday, happy bones. <laughs> Say Thursday,
1: happy bones. <laughs> Saturday, what a bone, spending all week with you. <laughs> uh, but actually in 2004, uh, the guards of the catacombs or security guards or somebody found a illicit movie theater in the catacombs in the part that the tour isn't. So, someone had put a projector screen, a fully stocked bar, a restaurant, and carved seats into the walls of the catacombs. (laughs) Isn't that so cool?
2: That's awesome. Those
1: cataphiles are so cool.
2: Could, could they tell if it was something that was, like, recently done, or was it something It was. That had been there it was
1: early? recent. It had,
0: um...
2: Were there people in the cinema, or was it filled with skeletons dressed in, like,
0: cool modern-day outfits?
1: Mm, I'm pretty sure the skeletons were there. I don't think they were dressed in modern-day outfits.
0: Was there, like, a chair where two of the armrests were just skulls, and, like, the s- mouths were open for to be used for uh, drink holders?
1: Probably. Nice. Probably. The article that I read said that it found um, recent releases of thrillers and uh, classic movies. So it was it was being used in two thousand four. The movie theater. Wow. I
0: bet they watched Kirby Fully Loaded in there.
1: Probably that thriller. But the <laughs> <laughs>
0: um.
1: So the catacombs were also used for resistance fighters in World War Two. They used them to like get around and hide. Um, and there was even a German bunker. And the most recent very silly thing I saw was that Airbnb, as a gimmick one Halloween, started a contest where you could enter to win, um, to spend a night in the catacombs on Halloween. And I figured I would, I would share a little bit of their advertisement for this.
0: Oh, hold on, hold on. Can we just take a crack at it before we get the, uh, the real advertisement? Oh,
1: yes, yes. A night
0: in the
2: catacombs, whatever you can... Store in your pockets and mouth. You can keep.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, close. It was all very close. Um, the actual ad is not. It's not as good as the one you guys said. Yeah, no, but bienvenue to the bowels of Paris. Looking for a change from the usual Halloween festivities? Escape the pint-sized pirates and mini-goblins in the world's largest grave, Paris's famous catacombs, the final resting place of six million souls. On Halloween night, journey to the center of the Earth and learn about the hair-raising history of this mysterious subterranean labyrinth. Satisfy your thirst for adventure in the sprawling network of skulls and bones, Next, savor a dazzling culinary experience while enjoying a private concert in the most incredible acoustics under the earth. Before bedtime, a storyteller will have you spellbound with fascinating tales from the catacombs guaranteed to produce nightmares. Finally, enjoy Dawn with the Dead as you become the only living person ever to wake up in the Paris catacombs. For an unforgettable Halloween, tell the host before midnight October 20th why you think you're brave enough to sleep in the catacombs. The prize is open to couples and friends. Two people, maximum. And then the terms and conditions are in French, so I won't even try.
0: Probably, terms and conditions include must murder any friend, fraud.
2: <laughs> friend cannot be a skeleton that you are trying to offload into the catacombs.
1: <laughs> but what did make me laugh was that the listing was like bedroom one bathrooms zero
0: yeah you gotta poop in a skull
1: you gotta walk a 1.1 mile back to the entrance to go poop or
2: pee. you <laughs> can poop in skull, skull poop.
0: if
1: you can put it in your mouth you can take it with you <laughs> and uh and that's all I got on the catacombs <laughs> <laughs> you can visit them today
0: to his career as a researcher of unexplained phenomena, Charles was just a curious kid growing up in Albany, New York. Uh, He felt socially anxious in school and and wasn't very good at math, Uh, but while he struggled academically, he found ways to satisfy his cravings for knowledge outside of the classroom. He maintained a catalog of natural items that included minerals, nests, eggs, feathers, and organs from small animals pickled in jars of formaldehyde.
1: This sounds like the beginning of psychopathy.
0: Or or of Peter Parker Spider-Man.
1: What's Reference unknown. Spider-Man?
2: <laughs> Peter Parker a uh, psychopath <laughs> just collecting I mean jars it, full of small animal organs before he got bit by a radioactive spider. According to J. Jonah Jameson, he's a menace.
1: That's not the same. That's
0: not,
2: is J. Jonah
0: Jameson, a uh, psychologist. No, he's an angry... No, he's a paper pusher. Angry editor. Um, Charles Fort even went so far as to learn taxidermy so he could stuff and mount bird specimens at home.
1: This is sounding creepier and creepier.
0: Uh, When his grandfather, a grocer, and the father of a grocer, asked Charles what the boy wanted to be when he grew up, he was chagrined to hear the child respond, Murderer. (laughs) Menace to society. A naturalist. (laughs) So, uh, while he wanted to be a naturalist, uh, his life took a different path when he became a journalist at age sixteen, snapping pictures of the famous Spider Man. <laughs> uh, no, he was a... the
2: only one who could get pictures of him.
0: Uh, so he was a re- as a reporter for the Albany newspaper, the Argus. He uh, found an outlet for his inquisitive behavior that didn't include pickling mouse skulls. Uh, a few years later he moved More on. like web <laughs> A few years later he moved on to covering New York City News for the Brooklyn World. This This, this is Spider Man. <laughs> <laughs> when two of his reporter friends left the paper to form the Woodhaven Independent, they appointed the eighteen year old Fort to be their editor. But despite his rapid rise to success in the field, he still felt unfulfilled. As he... Lots
2: of crime that was going unsolved <laughs> in New York City. <laughs>
0: He
1: needs to take up amateur wrestling.
2: <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure that was
1: in one of the Spider-Man movies. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, he he wrote in his unpublished autobiography, Many Parts. I became a newspaper reporter and I arranged my experiences. I pottered over them quite as I had over birds, eggs, and minerals, and insects.
2: Oh, like the spider?
0: Yeah, like, he had actually a pretty good collection of different spiders. Mm, Interesting. But uh, by limiting his experiences to a few sections of New York City, he feared he was trapping himself as a writer. He wanted to get a vast capital of impressions of life.
1: Oh, he Uh, should swing from building to building.
0: you cover a lot more ground that way.
1: You're not trapped.
0: (laughs) He set off to travel the world alone after turning 19. Uh, So he imposed a few guidelines for his journey. He would wander spontaneously and refrain from looking for work.
1: He would never f- touch the ground.
0: <laughs> he would. He wouldn't keep a notebook or anything else that might distract him from living in the moments. Yeah. Now he sounds less like Spider-Man and more like a douche. Um, after visiting England, Scotland, South Africa, and the Southern U.S., he returned home to New York, ready to begin the next chapter of his life. He married married
2: Anna- Jane Watson. <laughs>
0: Uh, he married Mary Jane Watson, uh, uh, who uh, a, a friend he'd had since childhood. Mm-hmm. No, he, he married Seems Anna out. Filing, a friend he'd known since childhood, just like Peter Parker. Yeah, and exactly. Mary Jane Very Watson. Man. She found comfort in domestic life as he pursued work as a fiction writer and often took odd jobs, mm-hmm. like uh, so he would write short stories for pulp magazines uh, to bring in supplemental income. Though he penned several novels during his lifetime, only one was ever published: "The Outcast Manufacturers." was a commercial failure, and once again he blamed his struggles on lack of experience. And Doc Octopus. Ford reflected on this period of his life years later by saying, I was a realist, but knew few people, had few experiences for my material. Instead of seeking enrichment abroad, he turned to the New York Public Library for inspiration. What started as a search for story ideas eventually morphed into an obsession with the research itself. Uh, Old newspapers and scientific journals he sifted through contained gems, quote, too remarkable to fictionalize. On March 6th, 1888, a blood-like substance dripped from the sky over the Mediterranean. In 1855, kangaroo-like tracks appeared in southern England. In 1872, a London house was bombarded with stones that came from no apparent source anomalous patterns appeared in every subject Ford explored, and he began collecting the stories like they were trinkets from his youth. Uh, So, guys, what do you think the
2: explanations are for these? Well, I mean, it's all criminal behavior, clearly.
1: What year was this again?
2: Um...
0: So, he was born in 1874. Um... And so this would probably have been in the, uh... Probably early... 1890s, early 1900s. Okay. Yeah.
1: <clears throat> so, blood from the sky. Um, two birds probably collided.
0: <laughs> <laughs> two birds saw some porn and got bloody noses. Um, Kangaroo like tracks appeared in southern
2: England. Probably an animal escaped from the zoo. Is the kangaroo having a great time? Looking for trouble. Sure, sure. But the
1: zoo was too embarrassed to say that they lost the kangaroo, so they were just like, oh god, this looks like a kangaroo thing, and there's kangaroo poop on the ground, but oh, it's not a kangaroo. Our kangaroos are perfectly fine.
0: Has anyone heard about that man in a kangaroo suit hopping around doing crimes? It's
1: a mystery. So it sounds
0: like a job for spider forts.
1: Um, what was it? About, 1872,
0: a London house was, bomb- was bombarded with stones that came from no apparent source.
1: Oh, two boulders in the sky collided.
2: <laughs> <laughs> a wave of dead bodies from a nearby cemetery. I think it was just well-hidden kids. Yeah, I think it's like, yeah, were there any bushes by this house? Any, <laughs> any boarded children in the neighborhood?
1: Uh, any escaped uh, kangaroos?
0: The old man lives in that house who would often yell at kids from his lo- to get off his lawn. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Maybe a confused old man in a house who was just fishing outside of his house, but he was crazy and thought the road was a river, and he just kept ripping up chunks of road and reeling them into his house. <laughs> so sad. Hey, man.
1: What was the other oddity? What? What was the other oddity that
0: happened? Those were all three that oh. I mentioned.
2: Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, he... The giant scientist-turned-lizard-man in the stores of France.
0: <laughs> uh, there was the, uh... There was the man who dressed like a goblin and flew around on a glider, fucking th- pumpkin bombs at things.
2: There was a slightly larger man who represented Charles Ford, but all in black and just seemed to, you know, have a giant symbol on his chest that was all white. And he was, I don't know how else to describe Venom. I really he, don't. He eats people. He eats people. Doesn't yeah. Venom yeah. eats people? Venom eats people. Like Eddie Brock or like the virus? The symbiote.
0: symbiote. Although, you know, six of one, half a dozen of those, another, the
1: other. And then they all flew into each no, other I in the, the sky, Whoa. and that's where the blood
0: came from. That's where all the
2: blood came from. Let's go back to Spider Man I think it's a huge difference if it's Eddie Brock who wanted to eat people and became Venom, or if the symbiote eats people. Here. Let's see here Venom, Cannibal.
0: Okay, this is all the stuff for various types of skateboards. Is Venom a cannibal? Gen- general discussion, comic fine. No, all right. Oh, he, a Sansa. he may eat brains. Uh, oh no! Here he is eating. Pe- no, those are uh, those are Skrulls. So not technically people. Well, they're people, but not humans. He's eating some people's brains. Yeah, no, he eats people. Not like as a matter of course, but often enough. Yeah.
1: Well, I think if you ate one part of someone, it's safe to say they eat people. Yeah,
0: yeah. that's yeah. fair.
1: Like if you ate someone's ear. The newspapers would say you were eating people.
0: So, uh, uh, Charles Fort uh, compiled cardboard boxes of notes at home, uh, which became the basis for a new project, a compilation of unexplained phenomena titled The Book of the Damned. Mm -hmm. When it was released in 1919, there was nothing else on the shelves quite like it. The blurb on the dust jackets said, In this amazing book, the result of 12 years of patient research... The author presents a massive evidence that has hitherto been ignored or distorted by scientists. The work, the the which it, it book, opens by introducing the damned as in the damned data that science has excluded.
1: That's a misleading title. <laughs> so misleading.
2: Uh, well, well, I would say enticing.
1: No, but like think of that horror movie. What is it like? Something damned. It's about damned people, damned souls, and then you find out it's just like facts that were mis represented here are some
0: facts about some people who were kind of shitty
1: you'd be so disappointed you would demand a refund from the movie theater even if you're not the kind of person who asks for refunds
0: yeah. I don't know if you're not the kind of person who asks for refunds isn't that a uh, self-reflexive thing because if you're not the kind of person who asks for refunds then second you ask for a refund you're the kind of person who asks for refunds
1: I'm saying that Trip ordinarily sprung. you wouldn't ask for a refund but you were so disappointed by I the see, bait and switch of this title mm-hmm. That you became the type of person who does that.
2: Would you say you would be the damned? No. Oh. You thought you were going to trap her there? (laughs) I was going to bring another trap.
0: Uh, (laughs) So, as the book progresses, Ford presents evidence for, uh, strange weather patterns, poltergeists, cryptids, and UFOs. Uh, A large portion of the book is devoted to unusual objects raining from the heavens. In addition to frogs, he mentions showers of fish, eels, and insects.
1: Does he live near a cliff?
0: Uh, no. Like, under a cliff? Well, he lives in New York. Uh,
1: But, like, under the Palisades?
0: I mean, uh, no. no. What are the Palisades?
1: They're cliffs. On the coast of New Jersey, on the border of New York.
0: Well, these are, these these rains are from places like Wigan, England, Toulouse, France, and Kansas City.
1: All these places have cliffs. Kansas, Kansas City is, is
0: pretty flat. Yeah.
1: Full of cliffs.
0: <laughs> so full of cliffs. I mean, it could just be somebody standing on top of a tall building just chumming the air, hoping for land sharks. I
2: think that would be air sharks in that <laughs> one.
0: Uh, you know, come si Come
2: there are sharks in the clouds. All I have to do is throw these rotting dead fish in the air and come right for it. Swim,
0: my pretty. Swim! This looks like a job for Spider-Man. Oh, I'll trap him at last. If only you weren't busy cataloging this exact phenomenon. Boy, that would be a weird twist in Spider-Man
2: (laughs) if, like, they just get pictures of, like, Peter Parker just in the trash, like, eating dead fish. (laughs) I can't stop.
1: What if all this was Mr. Front? Was that his name? Fort. 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 Mr. Fort just trying to remember that time he spent without a notebook. So he just wrote down things that he (laughs) half-remembered afterwards. (laughs) It was like,
0: this
1: is damned.
2: (laughs) Damned if I can remember. (laughs) It's what just, happened at that restaurant? I think I ordered a meal with fish, and it was raining. I mean, it was raining fish. I mean, I'll just write that down. Uh, maybe what
0: happened when I was fighting that guy who who dressed up like a big furry animal? The, he was a, he was a sasquatch. Yeah, he was just a sasquatch. <laughs> My editor really wants <laughs> stories of Spider-Man, so I'll just give him what he wants. <laughs> uh. No
1: one can call me inexperienced anymore. <laughs>
0: So Charles Fort was actually quick to dismiss any theories that suggested the critters had been swept up from the ground by strong winds, and instead it's posited, like fell off
1: cliffs. They weren't swept up by wind.
0: Sure, but any of those kinds of theories, <laughs> posited instead the existence of a super sargasso sea, a celestial dumping grounds for derelicts, rubbish, and old cargoes from interplanetary wrecks that sometimes leaked back down to Earth. Oh yeah, that explains. Actually. I don't
1: hate that explanation. <laughs> Just like
0: the Secret Wars storyline. That's where Spider-Man gets the Venom symbiote in the first place in the Secret Wars uh, crossover event.
1: Oh, and then he turns into space garbage and falls down from a cliff.
0: Uh, yeah, actually, <laughs> like really? he doesn't, but like a lot of New York does because New York gets like pulled up and put into this place called Battle World. It's a whole thing, huh. and then it gets uh, flown back by the Molecular Man. <laughs>
2: Yeah, these connections just keep getting stronger and stronger. Oh, yeah. Like a so, spider's web.
0: Molecular,
2: <laughs> the Molecular Man left all the
0: bugs up in the sky because he didn't want any bugs back in New York. You know, bugs bugs suck. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Just
0: gonna fact uh, check you right here, and
2: you're at least bit wrong.
0: So, uh, the phrase, the Super Sargasso Sea has stuck around as a place where lost things go, but he didn't seem that attached to it. He actually wrote afterwards, or still simpler, here are the data, make... Make what you will yourself of them. So he was like, well, you know, here's my theory, but, you know, here's
2: just the facts. Mm -hmm. So
0: you you do whatever calculations you want. Uh, So uh, the intention of the Book of the Damned wasn't actually intent, wasn't to convince the reader that these were like concrete facts. Fort actually wanted to tear down the black and white thinking that prevailed amongst scientists of the time. But critics were having no part of it. The New York Times panned the book, saying it was so obscured in the massive words and quagmire of pseudoscience and speculation that the average reader will himself either be buried alive or insane before he reaches the ends.
1: At least they cared.
0: Yeah, no. I mean, that's honestly, I would read any book that was described that way. <laughs> this book will drive you mad! Mad! Uh, so readers were hooked, though. So. The Book of the Damned sold really well, and it garnered enough interest in weird phenomenon for Fort to publish three more non-fiction books on similar subjects.
1: Ripley's Mm -hmm. Believe It or Not. Well, more like... One, two, three, four, and up to however many you said.
0: That was by Charles Ripley, who actually cribbed a lot from Charles Fort. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, His his books were New Lands, Low, and Wild Talents. Low is just L-O, exclamation point. Mm. Fortunately... Charles Fort succumbed to leukemia on May 3rd, 1932, at age 57, leaving behind a complicated legacy. Uh, he inspired a cult following of self-described Fortians, uh, similarly interested in, in anomalous phenomena and skeptical of scientific dogma. The group's still going strong today, as anyone who attends the International Fordian Organization's annual Fort Fest, or subscribes to the Fortian Times can see. Uh... Yeah, the media remembered him less as an influencer, as more of a crackpot, with both the New York Times and the New York Herald Tribune painting him as a foe of science in their obituaries. And
2: the Daily Bugle saying, Bring me Charles Ford, he's a menace! <laughs> uh,
0: but considering Ford viewed science as established preposterousness, he probably wouldn't have uh, minded that characterization. That is the long and short of Charles Ford.
1: I wonder how he would have explained a bone valent.
0: Uh Probably as uh, a bunch of junk falling from the sky.
1: <laughs> Up my basement.
0: Um, there's obviously a bone volcano buried beneath the earth. And this is where all of our skeletons come from in the first place. As while mothers eat plants from the earth, they eat tiny bones and assemble them in their tummies using their tummy
2: hands. And that's where babies come. Jackie, what would your pseudo-science explanation be for things falling from the
1: sky? Oh, it's just stuff is somehow, it's in the sky, it collides, and then stuff falls. (laughs) Or, you know, it falls off a cliff.
0: All these insects just flew into each other all at the same time.
1: (laughs) Yeah, just like two giant clouds. You ever seen a swarm? It's big. Yeah. It's almost a solid mass, and it goes... (laughs) And then all the bugs fall down.
0: Makes sense. I mean, that's what happens when I run into someone my same size. Yeah. You just run into them and collapse. Yeah. Yeah. Don't you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's no one quite as big as you. I understand. So it might be tough for you.
1: Let's let's get a, a small knoll. A knoll-sized knoll.
2: Why would it be a small knoll?
1: Well, because the original knoll we were talking about was uh, the size of a cemetery. So this so was knoll with a K.
2: So a small hill that's about the size of me. Yeah. And it would be walking, and we would. There's
1: so many the... skeletons inside of it; it can uh, move. A little
2: tiny feet that on the mm-hmm.
1: You ever heard dirt clack before? You will right before you hit this knoll. <laughs>
2: Jackie could be rolling on the floor right now. She would be. Her head is so
0: hard at that
2: joke. Her head is resting against the dresser. It's so dumb. Clack, <laughs> clack, 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 clack. What's that, a hill? I have to run towards that. It's my height. This hill was made for me. Delicious uh, bones.
0: So what, what are some uh, phenomena you think, Charles Fortwood?
1: Oh, that thing when you, um, sit funny and then when you stand up, your foot's asleep?
0: The mystery of the sleeping foot. Yeah. I, hypothesize it is a ghost foot that takes the place of your real foot until you manage to put enough blood back into your foot to drive away the ghost foots. But all ghosts are poor blood.
2: I don't know long that means I'm gonna go with, like, when you kinda, of like, uh, sort of, like, press your, uh, hands against your eyes or there's, like, pressure against your eyes and you kinda of see, like, weird colors. I'd like to hear him try to weasel his way out of that one. There are colors from outer space that
0: we only see when we deprive our meat eyes of light. We need (laughs) not meat eyes to see these colors.
1: Or like when you fall asleep funny, and then when you get up, your arm's all tingly.
0: Also a ghost. Uh, I would want to hear him uh, explain who
2: Spider-Man really is. I, I don't know, but he does a great job for this city. And he's so <laughs> handsome. When I imagine he... underneath that mask. I don't know. I haven't seen him underneath that mask. I would just
1: to say. Or how about when you sit for too long, and then you stand up, and then your butt feels funny? Ghost butt. That's it. That's all, the only <laughs> mysteries of the
0: universe. All of
2: them. Does anyone else have their legs fall asleep if they sat on the toilet for too long? Is that just me? Yeah, that happens to me. I also keep a lot of comic books on my toilet. To we have no reason to leave. I mean, look, man. The toilet's a
0: safe place. You should feel free to like read
2: comic books there. Oh, dude, there are crocodiles. In the pipes. I would... Yeah, just ask Charles Ford. <laughs> that I wear lab coats and just sneak up. This is my research team. <laughs> well, I've got a story of bombsay... The Royal Norwegian Navy sailor. He was a St. Bernard dog that was on the crew of the, I think I am pronouncing it, the Thorod, which was a uh, whaling ship that got uh, commissioned into being part of the uh, Norway Navy during World War II. So uh, the dog uh, Bamse, which is Norwegian for teddy bear, Aww. was a Aww, uh, bear. Yeah, he was the Saint Bernard that had been bought uh, a couple of years um, before the war broke. Actually, only a few months uh, before the war broke out, um, became part of the Norway Navy. But then, um, wait, yeah, how? The Navy. wait, how? Wait, how? That was like just a really yeah, quick
1: gloss over how a yeah, dog how, became how part done of the for Navy. It. Yeah.
2: Well, he. So okay, he know, came like, with the, boat? the captain had bought the dog and already owned the boat. So the dog was just. Uh, had been from a very young age brought aboard the boat and just got very used to being on it and being a sea dog.
1: Did this dog but, ever experience land?
2: Uh, yes. Oh, yes. Did he walk around all wobbly like on land? Because he didn't have his oh, little bow legged. Did
1: <laughs> he have a little dog scurvy?
0: Oh, no. He'd be so, Not sad. Dog scurvy.
1: He's so sad. He'd be so cute, yeah, though.
0: Dogs, dogs yeah. hate citrus.
2: Yeah. Oh. how would dogs. Yeah, how do dogs get their vitamin C meat. Meat. Yeah. Hmm.
0: yeah. There's uh, you can get your vitamin C for meat. That's how a lot of tribes did.
2: Yeah. Interesting. No, I just look like a total idiot. <laughs> yeah. Um. So the dog uh, was on this whaling ship, and then uh. When World War Two broke out, the sound
1: of the whale harpoons. <laughs> <laughs> um.
2: Burp, burp, burp. Oh, like a they throw it into the dog, like all of it are like pull, and the dog is at the end with a um, rope in his teeth. <laughs>
1: oh, I'm just imagining they shoot the harpoon, and the dog runs after the harpoon to chase it. And jumps <laughs> no, all no
2: bombs him. at all.
1: <laughs> no fetch. No fetching.
2: Is riding that whale. We would. Oh, he jumps up and catches the harpoon in his mouth, oh. and then like rides it all the way to the whale.
1: Oh, the poor dog!
2: We well, didn't have a head after the first few whaling expeditions. We mostly kept him around as a warning to other sailors. Um, Don't so, try
1: and catch a harpoon, <laughs> David.
2: So he was on this whaling. <laughs> poor old David the sailor trying to catch harpoons in his mouth like his favorite dog. Uh, old Hookhead Dave. So where were we? Oh, um d- 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 he became a crew member of the ship in uh February 1940. Mm. Um, but then in April of 1940, uh the Norway Navy began to oppose the Germans and it was temporarily used as a POW transport. Ooh. So there's no war. He's got
0: a cute dog. Oh pow pow. pow, pow. <laughs>
1: Bow wow bow, bow wow.
0: A prisoner of wag.
1: Bow bow wow. Oh, we're up God. to four. We're up to
2: four so far. Uh, I'm
1: sorry, I missed what we were talking about.
2: <laughs> the so in a very short timeline, the dog uh, became part of the ship in February 1940. War broke out uh, where, uh, between well, Norway and Germany. They their navy started fighting in April 1940, um, and uh, at the time that, in April, they started to use the Tharad, the whaling ship, as a POW transport, um, which I also imagine could have be been used for
1: whales. Oh, I stand behind Pow Wow Wow. Pow Wow Wow? Pow Pow Wow. Pow bow Wow! Oh, because wow. it's got Pow like the ship, <laughs> but it's also Pow Wow like the dog, but it's also got Pow like Prisoner of War. <laughs> pow Pow Wow.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jackie tried to collect herself, but it didn't go so hot. Uh,
0: hmm.
2: um, so, only a few months after the Pow Pow Wow transport was being operated, uh, Norway, uh, the mainland Norway had capitulated to Germany, and so uh, the Tharad was one of 13 uh, ships in the Norway Navy to escape to the UK and join up with their Navy. All of them helmed by dogs. That would be amazing. But sadly, only one. Oh. Which is so impressive. And by that I mean not to say that the dog was not captain of this ship. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I really misrepresented that I was, in the book.
1: Just seeing him at the wheel, like with the wheel in his little mouth, as he...
2: So oh, he's run, he runs a little mutiny aboard the ship, like the captain's like on the cruise, like, you men can't turn on me, then he looks down at the dog's like grabbed his pants and is like kind of tugging You're him towards him. Oh bum Just hurting him towards the plank. <laughs> Bomb no
1: He's got rum in his little barrel around his neck. <laughs> like a pirate. <laughs> Or whatever the national drink of Norway is.
0: Carries a little
2: saber in his little mouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so no, he was not the captain of the ship, nor were there any dog captains. Uh, or, just... Four little peg legs.
1: <laughs> that's so sad. A little peg tail. Oh, that's worse. <laughs> Does he need
0: to he can tell he's that?
1: happy because he goes clack, clack, clack,
2: clack, 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 clack. <laughs> <laughs> The captain is pleased. <laughs>
0: You, got, you can't tell if he's got, like, a patch over his eye or an eye patch over his <laughs>
2: eye. <laughs> um, so yeah. after the uh, Pow Pow Wow had joined um, the uh, UK Navy, it was converted to a minesweeper. So, Jackie, if you like
1: to... I love minesweeper. <laughs>
2: Good. Uh, and <laughs> and, and would Jackie just... has once again lost control. <laughs> Bumpsy were just dig for mines in the ocean. Uh. <laughs> what you got, boy? What you got there, buddy? <laughs> They're like keep throwing it off the ship because it's about to go out, and they keep bringing it back. <laughs> no,
1: Bomber, you'll blow us off. <laughs> David, don't go after those bombs.
2: Bombsay soon became captain of a ghost ship. <laughs> it was a did he had a skeleton crew for a while, but then he ate all their bones. Let's see. So the meat of the story here is the various things that Say did uh, as a military mascot. Oh,
1: he probably just um, looked cute the whole time. That
2: guy was adorable. Because how can you say no to him? He shot a gun. Mm-hmm. So he the- killed a <laughs> man. <in.
0: laughs> he felt regret. And
1: then he ate him. Oh,
0: yeah. And he had PTSD for a while.
2: So what did he do? <laughs> well, he would actually stand at the front gun tower of the boat. Um, such that partially for his own protection, partially for decoration, they made him a special little metal helmet that they put on his head when he was on the front lines. I bet he hated wearing that hat. No, I bet he loved it. Dogs hate hats, that's what I know. You know what, though? This dog was a captain. (laughs) He put up with it for his men. Um, he actually did, uh... Save a uh, lieutenant commander who was being attacked by a man wielding a knife. Uh, he pushed the assailant into the sea. <laughs> um, oh so he did kill a man. He, no, he just knocked him down. It's fine, that guy face could swim. He down and just kept his paws on
1: him. How was this dog doing this off the side of the boat? R-
2: really long pause. <laughs> it was a really long pause and then just got a couple of bubbles. What a long pause.
1: The better to kill him, man.
2: He won't be a pow pow wow aboard this. Ship. <laughs> He'll just be a delicious stew. Oh, stew. Um, he saved another sailor who had fallen overboard and dragged him to shore. Because bear in mind, uh, Say was a Saint Bernard, so he's not only a <laughs> giant breed of dog, but one that is that are oft trained to help people. So. Because <laughs> I, I had a moment of just being like, I don't know if Saint Bernards are buoyant. naturally incl- no, if they're naturally inclined to rescue well, people, or do they actually have to be like trained in it? Like well, they're saints, no? So they were no, t- every one of them I mean, canonized. Every one of them, the canonized saints, so <laughs> it probably just comes naturally. So Saint Bom uh, um, also was known for, and this is the cutest. part, he was known for breaking up fights among the crewmates by putting paws on their shoulders, calming them down, and then leading them back to the ship. Hey, hey. Look, I know you both said some things you regret, but we're all shipmates here. Yeah. Besides, it's all true. Every word you say, okay? So now it's all out there. No one is hiding any secrets. Let's go back to the ship. Yeah. Hey, who who is a good boy? Who is a good boy? Uh, you are, Mom, say. Eh? That's right. Good.
1: Good. <laughs> That's so cute. That's so cute. Yep. Uh,
2: well, you know, like, I don't know, when uh, I was growing up and me and my sister would fight, our dog would always, like, anytime you even would play fight, because we did it sometimes just to mess with them, dogs will just certainly really get, like, nervous if there's, like, a uh, possible changing in the pecking order of the house, so. They will, like, like our dog would get all mad at us and, like, try to jump in between us. He was just, like, a little, like, 25-pound terrier. He couldn't do anything. But, uh, yeah, so I think they, they do have a natural inclination to break up fights, but I can't, like, just, <laughs> just a boss on the shoulder, just, hey, come down, man, come down. <laughs> it's not worth it, man.
0: <laughs> Wearing his little hat. Um, I, I, like the, I picture it happening like,
2: hey, fuck you, man.
0: Hey, no, fuck you. And they go like, "Go!" and then is like there, like they didn't see him before, but now he's there and he's like on his hand legs and he's got his hands on their shoulders <laughs> and like, you're running, we're family. <laughs>
2: um, and I think the most amazing part was how, I don't know how they trained him to do this. But he would be sent, um, when the ship was, uh, was looked like it was ported in Scotland for a lot of the war, it was his job to go ashore and to round up the crew and escort them back to the ship uh, when they needed to go back on duty. So he actually had a, uh, a bus pass on his collar. He would take a local bus down to the area... <laughs> Down to uh, Browty or Brody Ferry Road. Take the bus down to Dundee, and then he would get off the bus near the crew's favorite bar, the Bodega Bar, and he would go and fetch them. And if he couldn't find any of them, he would just take the bus back to the base. He did this unaccompanied too.
0: What a good boy!
2: Well, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, that's really all that they uh, that I found listed about his his exploits but apparently there is a longer book called sea dog bombsay that i am going to read as soon as i can (laughs) this is the cutest dog i've ever read about only want to be a captain too because when he died in 1944 he was buried with full military honors and the royal norwegian navy holds a commemorative ceremony every 10 years for He's got a giant bronze statue that was uh, dedicated to him in 2006, so pretty recently. And then I think in 2008 or 2009, they had a duplicate statue made and moved to uh, a museum in Norway. So still getting his.
0: <coughs> but of course, you know, if a if a person did these things, they did. That's just normal naval duty. Yep. Where's,
2: where's their statue? You were just talking about how we treat our vets, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, where were my two gold statues that said, good boy? <laughs> I know dogs hate vets. Oh, God. <laughs> but this vet hates vets.
0: <laughs> yeah, so that is just uh, Bombsay the Dog, and no one can
2: see the book. A uh, little sailor cap. Oh, that's that's adorable.
1: That means this is his second hat.
2: Yeah, he, he had, had a helmet, and he had
1: this hat. He loved oh my gosh, he's wearing a little sailor scarf too. Oh, he's getting a bath in this other one. He's not as big as I thought he would be. Still impressive.
0: We're all very
2: impressed by the <clears> stuff. <throat> That's about it for uh, this story. Bow out it. About, about it. A <laughs> bow out it.
1: Bow out it. Wonderful.
0: So now it's time for uh our my favorite segment. <laughs> <Acronismo>. <laughs> my least favorite segment.
2: <laughs> I love what if they what? Met. I always get this... sad if we run out of time Don't...
1: There's only like, two segments, right? The stories and then what if they met?
2: That's right Yeah, so we're leaving my least favorite segment <laughs> And moving on to my favorite segment What if they, what if they met
0: Does whatever they could do if they met May, What if they met At some point They didn't meet, but what if they met Look out, what if they had met
1: What if Bamsey met all of the bones in the catacomb.
2: You would have been Aww. so excited.
1: Six million people's worth of bones.
2: We've got to go back to the ship, Babsy. <laughs> Leave me here. <laughs> I think I've earned this.
1: I've, I saved your life. Now, now, give me mine. <laughs> And he joined the French <laughs> resistance movement.
2: Yeah.
1: And they just, like,
0: oh, hang out. Oh,
2: th- you fucking the box of angry box. Just imagine they set it up like one of those, like, uh, supermarket things. They give them a little shopping cart, and they're like, you've got five minutes on the clock, Bob. <laughs> uh, then when you're done, come back to us on the bus. Anything
1: you can put in your mouth is yours. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's how it always works. I do not see what difference is. <laughs> He'd uh, see, see those skeletons fighting, and he'd put a hand on their shoulders and be like, Hey, you, you both look delicious. Let's just be friends and I'll just eat some of your bones. Ah, <laughs> uh, why are you just my mouth?
2: I uh, think Bombset would have made it into uh, Charles Fort's Book uh, of Anomalies. Or? He probably would have been like, the dog that thinks like a man. Mm. Because he was damned.
1: It's probably just a dog that fell off a cliff.
0: Fell off a cliff and onto a boat, and then down some stairs and onto a man who was attacking a captain, and then and then, uh, then out of the sea where there's another guy drowning, and he picked him up in his mouth and then fell back onto land, and then fa- and then fell on some dudes who were fighting and landed on them paw first. Yeah.
1: That right. And then he rolled off the table and onto the floor.
0: <laughs> and, you know, bombs they rolled out the door. <laughs> What would Charles Ford think of uh, the crazy cinema underneath the
2: catacombs? Somebody call for a web slinger
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think for all we know, he's been there. In his, like, undocumented time of travel, maybe he was there.
2: Maybe he wouldn't even have cared. He's just like, I didn't fall from the sky. This is boring. Get me out of here.
1: I can't can't even see the sky underground. Oh, I'm five stories underground. I can't see the sky. How am I I going to get anything?
0: Where am I going to swing from?
2: How is blood supposed to rain down on my head if I'm underground? How am I going to get all my blood I drink?
1: If you could artfully arrange some bones,
0: what what picture would you make? Uh, I would probably make uh, a big splash panel of Spider-Man...
2: Right, That'd actually be really impressive.
0: Thank you. Mm. Do, it. <laughs> Do it. Okay, I've got some bones, I guess. Yeah. Wherever would you get bones in this day and age? Okay, why are you winking at me? Uh, now you're gesturing at your own arm, and just nodding, and winking again, and mouthing the words, take my bones? I'm sorry, no, you're not, you're being, I don't, I don't
2: know if I follow. Uh, what would... Well, what would you do
1: as an artistic display, Jackie? I don't know. I think it'd be kind of cool and super morbid to make uh, jewelry out of human bones and then wear it. Yeah.
0: So, like a bone necklace or bone earrings? I was
1: thinking a bracelet. Something that could jangle against itself.
0: More of a clacking sound,
1: really. Yeah.
0: Clickety clackers. Clack, clack, clack. But what about some shoes?
1: Oh yes, uh, you find someone with really big feet
2: and hollow out their bones <laughs> and put your toes inside. <laughs> Those would be really weird-looking like, sandals. You just like slip in a giant man's foot, slip your like your foot in between it would their bones. Be really hard
1: too, because the bone, the bone, the foot is made of a lot of
2: bones.
0: So many bones.
1: So you'd have you to like, out out have the ones really, you do have to you'd have to glue them all together, and then hollow out the glued together bones. Like clogs! Oh,
0: sounds like a summer summer. art project! That's a
1: Norway thing, right?
0: Clogs! Uh, Nope, that's Holland.
1: Close enough. (laughs) Bone shoes! Then you call your shoes store the Bone Zone. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: The way to my heart is always through the Bone Zone.
1: Get him some clogs. Love you forever.
2: (laughs) What would you do, Noel? First thought was just switch them around and put femurs where skulls should be and skulls where feet should be. It's a wacky world in these catacombs. Yes. Skulls for feet? Yeah.
1: No, you guys need to look at the pictures, cause these bones are not arranged in bodies. It's just like stacks and stacks of femurs with a bunch of skulls on top. It's it's not even in the shape of a body.
2: No, you know I would know I'm going back to my earlier idea. I would have like just a sports room. Boxing ring or like a basketball court, and you'd be
0: the announcer, and you'd have a suit covered in oh,
1: like a I'm bone wearing- amphitheater. Yeah,
2: and wearing like a giant <laughs> skull as like a hat. <laughs> I'm more the i I'm in this, and in the blue corner, weighing now only about roughly thirty-five to forty pounds. <laughs> This skeleton of a guy. And in the red corner, another skeleton of a guy. Are they brothers? i would say they're brothers. They're brothers. duking it out for the title, which is made of bones. In this corner, we have Bones Jones, the skeleton of swats. <laughs>
1: and Someone get that dog out of here.
0: Someone get that dog out. There well, no dog policies. <laughs> He's breaking up the fight? <laughs> Never in all of my years as a bone announcer have I seen such a display of sportsmanship, of fair play, of good dogs. <laughs> oh, now he's eating them. Oh. <laughs> I think that's going to do it for us here on Anachronismo. Uh, if you want to contact us, we're it's anachronismo at gmail.com, or you can find us on Twitter at, uh, at Anac podcast. that's A-N-A-C podcast. Uh, we're also start, we also have a Facebook group now. Um, and if you like the show, please uh, rate, review, share with your friends, you know, we'd uh, you know, podcast grow by word of mouth. Um. Yeah. um we have any final thoughts for the, 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 the show?
1: Wars would be a lot cuter if it was all dogs.
0: A penny a day <clears throat> keeps the bones away. Off from the sky, it's not worth your time. We'll see you we'll see you next time here on Holly